Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here it is, the uh, 14th, oh, it's Pi Day. 314. Yeah. 1516. One, yeah, Pi Day. Pi Day. Six days from my birthday. Were you going to have pie or cake? Well, now I'm going to, now that you mentioned, I'll have pie. Maybe a rhubarb. Rhubarb you and should. strawberry. Rhubarb pie is delicious. Yeah. You know how to make strawberry, it. Strawberry, rhubarb. Well, I'm back from Central America. Yeah. Quite the exciting trip. It, was this another one of these free trips you get for collecting coupons? Yes, exactly. The SNH food stamps, as a matter of fact. I just collect a lot of them. No, this is this was a special James Beard culinary cruise with Windstar. And we start off, flew into Panama City, then took the boat through the canal up to the um Caribbean Sea Caribbean Ocean or Atlantic really aside. Uh went up to Bocos del Toro, went to the jungle and actually saw how cocoa is made, you know, chocolate is made from the picking it off the tree to the harvesting of the seeds to the fermentation. It's very cool. I didn't realize that's how they made chocolate, to be honest with you. It's a very cool experience. It's a process. Yeah, it's a process. And then uh, back to, uh, we went then to Cartagena, Colombia, and traveled then for a couple of days, a uh, day or day actually, uh, because the weather was too bad. We couldn't go to this other Santa Marta or Santa Marta. So we ended up going to Aruba and spending some time there. That was fun. Very nice. So very good food. I mean, so, awesome food. Well, let's stay, this is, since we, you went on this trip, what did you learn to cook? Uh, there was a really good recipe for a curry fried chicken with a brining process uh, that was kind of neat with a broken rice. I didn't realize actually the use of broken rice, how you can use that to make a uh, sort of a polenta. Sort of a, a cross between a polenta and maybe even a risotto. That was kind of interesting to learn that. Um, we learned how to make, what else did we make there? We made, oh, oh an octop- octopus. And that was kind of interesting. Uh, cooking an octopus with black beans, uh, black eyed peas, black eyed peas and a really cool black eyed pea salad. Uh. That was interesting how to properly char it and uh, ice it down and then dunk it and all that. Uh, did some interesting wine tastings. Nothing tremendous there. But the food on the boat was outrageous. Just outrageous. 40-ounce tomahawk, 30-ounce um, Angus uh, uh, porterhouse. It was, it was unbelievable. Every night there was something crazy. I'm sure the quality was good. It was really good. Really good. The boat itself, nothing to do. Uh, you know, if you weren't eating... No slot machines. It was like, it was like a really high-end senior care facility where they just get up to eat and then go back to sleep. I think. <laughs> you know, yeah, everybody starts rustling funny. around about 1130. Oh, it's time to eat again. No um, lounge acts. There was just nothing going on. It was a magician, was some, even a no. close in magician. No, there was a uh, trivia game that the guy asked some questions. Oh, it was like please. You get those in bars in Indianapolis. Yeah, exactly. And then there was um, some bands that uh, they did bring on some dancers from Panama. These, uh, I don't know what they were. They were ancient island people or something. I don't know what it was. Ah. But other than that, there was really nothing to do on the boat. So 
Um, you know, we just, everybody, everybody was exhausted for whatever reason. I don't know, but I found myself going to sleep at 9, 30, 10 o'clock. <laughs> it, mm. was just, it was like, okay, I, I guess I'll go to sleep. A couple of days were very rough. Very, very, very rough. And this is a small ship. 190 passengers, maximum 300, but there was 190 passengers on there and 190 staff. Yeah. So, and all, all during this, all during this, the, uh, what we had was the largest bank failure since 2008. During that time. Yeah. Right about that. And you know what they say? There's a saying that says, uh, well, the Fed will keep raising rates until something breaks. <laughs> well, hello. Something broke. <laughs> this, this, in my opinion, is the worst Fed ever. This is the worst. <laughs> the, the entire. Well, it was largely this Fed that caused that bank to collapse. Of course. Of course. And, and they didn't they see it They encouraged them to buy the wrong kind of product to have, have as assets. And they... They did. But I have to give FDIC credit though for doing the right thing and just coming in and, and saving the depositors, which is what they're supposed to do. I mean, it's not like the whole country is going down the tubes and you have to fall back on that two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is laughable uh, and pretty useless for a big company. And yeah, so it just it made whole, but the, the whole it was a fiasco. What's the point of FDIC insurance at two hundred fifty thousand dollars if when a bank goes under, they just go and? Say we're just going to back all of it. I, I don't understand. It's for the small. It, I I think I understand. It's for the small savers and old ladies and these people that fret. And it's a carryover from the depression when people were worried sick they're going to lose their thousand dollars that they put in the bank. And it's just really for the small time opera. It's not for anyone who's serious, seriously banking with a big bank. You know, you can't do your. I mean, if you had like. Uh, uh, $2.5 million in the bank, in the bank account, you'd have to spread it over 10 banks. That's no good. No one's going to do that. But um, I don't understand. That was the rule. And all of a sudden something happens and we just change the rule. No, I don't think the rule's ever been changed. The FDIC, that's like the minimum, that 250. It's always been 250 max. What are you talking about? No, it's the, no, it's 250. Yeah. 250 max. If you don't, if you're completely insolvent. Point is. But this, was, this bank wasn't insolvent. Well, the FDIC took it over and says they'll be back. That's who's pumping the money in, is the FDIC. Yeah, and they have they have the ability to do exactly what they did, which is make everybody whole from the other banks. It's an insurance operation. So what so happens? It's so what happens like if Lloyd's happens, of London? What happens if it happens with ten banks? Well, then now you, then you have to you're going to start falling back on that two hundred fifty thousand. I don't know, but how do you do that if you promise these guys? Now, why do these guys? Okay, here we are. So let's kind of go through this because this is really frustrating me. This whole idea, I've had this discussion with several people. That this bank somehow deserves to get more backing than maybe another bank in the future? If So, so this is the first bank down, so everybody gets in, in shape, but maybe four banks in, all of a sudden you only get 250? Well, whole, no, you'd have to have a complete collapse of the whole system to get the two, get down to the two fifty. And then, if you did, it doesn't matter anyway. Well, two fifty is more than nothing. I don't know. I, I find that what they did was now create the potential for a sig significant amount of moral risk. Not really. Uh, I, I disagree a hundred percent. This was not a bailout. What's the difference between this a bailout and this? Tell me that. The taxpayers pick up the bill on the bailout. So basically, it's the same. Let me let me ask you this: It's the same thing as a bailout, except who's paying for it? Is that correct? 
the whole mechanism is different. Well, some of the things that's happening are, are very interesting because I understand what you're saying here. I don't agree with it. Um, I, I think the lack of any business sense and math, which clearly has eluded any of the people, 100%, you know, that, that this generation and these people that are involved in businesses have no clue on how to use basic math skills. They weren't taught it. They were taught to use the shortcuts through Excel on their phone. And, and they just don't understand. No, I, I'm not going to argue with this. Yeah, right. Well, this is part of it. This is part of it. So we bail these schmucks out because. It wasn't over- a bailout. Okay, it wasn't a bailout. We, 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 we back, the inv- back the depositors. Right. No attention to detail. Oversight sucks. Management is limp. And then we have a Sunday night stick save because they have to do it, of course, before markets open because, God forbid, markets open and there's nothing done, right? Well, here's the thing that's interesting. Let me let me go find my notes on this. Uh, let's see here. Where is it? Mm. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is coming in. Uh, in, a, in a, here's the point. The... The government intervened somehow. They utilized some funds they had in some bucket, which is we're saying is FDIC, and they, they're going to help bail out. Now, in addition to the backstopping of the deposits, right, federal regulators also announced efforts on Sunday a couple of days ago to stabilize the wider banking system. One of those is the newly... Uh, uh, announced Fed's bank term lending program, which will allow banks to exchange certain high-quality assets for certain uh, cash without booking mark-to-market losses. Now, let me just kind of slow that down for a second. Essentially, what happened is that all these banks, as you mentioned, were investing in the wrong asset and got bit by the fact that interest rates went up and they took big losses on them, right? Well, they took losses on paper. On paper, okay. And because that there are certain times when you need to do mark-to-market, it shows that the value of your assets are low compared to what you maybe have on your liabilities, right? Yeah. Okay. What the federal bank term lending program is going to do is going to say, you know, hey, those bonds that you have that are valued at $10 billion when you bought them, uh, and at maturity, they'll be $10 billion, are now worth uh, $8 billion. You lost 20% on those bonds. So you know what we're going to do? Just give us the bonds and we'll give you the $10 billion. Because we'll just assume that we're going to hold them to maturity, no loss, no foul, no, nobody's upset. But we'll just absorb those losses. No mark-to-market losses. You could just give them to us. That's the new program. You like that? It's kind of a generalization, but sure. That's what the Fed did. That's what yeah. they did. They're allowing banks to exchange. But this is not a bailout. And I'm going to to give you a definition to bailout thing again. Is this bank in business anymore? SVB, yeah, they're still in business. Part of it, yes. Well, they're doing, they're only in business to give, get the money out of there. I saw saw they were still doing loans. Is the bank, let's see, let's see, Silicon Bank. Is it still up in, uh. Is uh, they all I know they fire they also fired everybody. The website's up. Silicon Valley Bank uh, is newly created. It's 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 a newly created full service FDIC operated bridge bank. I guess it's just for that. Uh, the shell. Now they have to doing startup banking, venture funding, corporate banking. 
Yeah, there's stuff here. I don't know. Venture bank funding. Click. Click. Learn more. Start a company. That saves you some of their money. Become a client. We nearly we bank nearly half of U.S. venture back startups. Become a client. Let's see if we can do this. Uh, I don't know what that is. I don't know. You can log in. Well, whatever in. the case, the bailout usually implies that the bank's still in business and they just got made made whole. This this made the depositors whole, which it should have done. I, I don't have any problem with what happened. Okay. Well, uh, did you have any money with them? No. I got it. Well, I just got to ask that question, right? Well, if I had money with him, yeah, I'd be very happy because I got my money back. But I, no, I didn't have And I think well, it's something asking. of a, I'm also aware of the fact that that bank is something of a uh, venture capitalist uh, slush fund scam. I mean, every uh, Adam talked about this because he started a company with uh, another guy in Silicon Valley. And when you start anything up, when, when you're funded by one of the big venture capital companies, they make it so you have to bank with these guys. Right. And I think that's kind of sleazy, right. personally. So what John's saying is when you, you, people start companies and they say, hey, we need $10 million to start a company, and Silicon Valley Bank Corp. say, okay, no problem. But you got to keep the money in our bank. Which then obviously hurt a lot more people. Um, the whole thing is just, I find it very distasteful that they're coming in now with a new product after they screwed everybody. And Because I'll tell you Who what. got screwed? Because the the banks got screwed. Just, just hear me out this whole sentence for a second. The banks got screwed because they have terrible management, et cetera, uh, by improper use of assets that uh, were hurt by the Fed, which telegraphed that they were raising rates from now through, you know, the last year and a half. And they lost money on those, but they didn't care. They had terrible risk management oversight, terrible management, terrible investment. And they just were just trying to, you know, get as much as they could out of the deal. Then they lose money. My question was who got screwed? Nobody at this point, I guess. Nobody at this point. Nobody gets screwed. We're all worked up about it. (laughs) Well, I think the problem is you have moral hazard that's going to kick up here if you allow for banks to basically uh, buy whatever they want, do whatever they want. If they classified as high-quality assets, they go down. You could trade them in to to say, okay, let's just do a do-over. Somebody once very smart once said to me, if one if there is if reincarnation is true, I want to come back as a bank. <laughs> because they, they never go bad. So so do you think this is the two day panic attack that we saw with the region banks, the regional banks and the, the uh, is that it? It's done? Two guys blow yeah, up over a weekend, that's sure. over. Yeah. And why is it that most of these banks are located in your state? We're the let well. Well, one reason we're a huge state with the fourth biggest uh, uh, economy in the world, or fifth, or something like that. It's hot, big. We're almost a nation. That's the main reason is because we're huge. We're the biggest state. Well, but I mean, you look at the banks that the Pac West, West Bank, this one, that one. You know, all these. Are, there's only one that I know of that's not there. That's uh, the one, Silver Lake. I think it was called Silver Lake of New York. That one that's closed down on Sunday night as well. Well, Signature is the one. Signature, I think, Signature, Signature, yeah. This is the one that um, I think that they made a big fuss over the Silicon Valley Bank to cover up the fact that Signature probably was a bad actor. And that's the one you should be railing about, it yes, seems to me. I agree. They went into cryptocurrency hard. Yeah. That's where things went sideways. And now uh, my, my favorite over the over the last week is all these, you know, crypto bras 
that are all like, hey, dude, you know, uh, Bitcoin doesn't go bankrupt. You know, this whole thing. I'm like, dude, you started half this crap. What's going on right now? By breaking down the the, the leverage and all that and all this stuff, you, maybe that doesn't go down. It's not like the dollar went bankrupt. The banks, the bank did. It's not that Bitcoin, but all the things that was run by it was a problem. The Celsius and the, the, the leverage deals and the loan programs and all this and FTX and all that was all based on, you know, crypto stuff. I'm like, dude, you know, you have to put your money in Bitcoin now. You see what happens with the banks, <laughs> you know? Bitcoin did go up. I know, went up a lot. It's like, yeah, look at that. It's, it's so a lot. safe. It's so safe. Anyway, um, CPI not slowing down. We saw a 6% print year over year today. That kind of had markets a little bit upset. The not, the interest rates went up a bit. We'll have a chart on that coming up. Um and now everyone is banking on less Fed rate hikes, Fed Fed hikes. They're like, oh, now it's you know, uh, yesterday at the at the height of the panic, when things were down, you know, sixty percent, these banks and all that, it was a zero percent chance of a hike at the next meeting on the on the twenty second. Now we're back to an eighty six percent chance of a twenty five basis point hike. Stuff's crazy. We saw. I, the, I agree with this. We saw the. An, it's crazy. These guys are, yeah. What what are you going to finish? I interrupted you. I'm sorry. I'm very worked up. <laughs> I think that they got they should just settle down. And we talked about this in the last show, which was about right. a month ago, because mm-hmm. uh, you're touring with the, with the cooks, <laughs> and then you come back just to get all worked up. You should oh, stay on <laughs> the trip. So you, uh, they should just. Stop for a second. You don't have to keep doing stuff. It's not like things are going nuts. Right. If you don't do something, that is doing something. Exactly. Right? But they don't I see agree. It. But but it's like they have to like, got to go, got to go, got to go. Got to do something. Got to make it look like we're doing something because we're not really doing anything. Yeah, but it's like they're coked up. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it's an 85% chance of a 25 basis point increase next week on the 22nd. So, we'll see. Now, coming up on, uh, I didn't mention this, I don't think before, or maybe I did. I want to make a quick announcement on this coming week's Disciplined Investor podcast. My guest is going to be Anthony Scaramucci. Yeah, the mooch. The mooch. He's going to be on it. Very good timing. I was really nervous he was going to cancel. So far, he confirmed twice. So, oh, good for him. Well, so, he's. Uh, I've, I've interviewed him once. Yeah, interesting fellow. I've, I've had. I think I've had drinks with him one time. Um, all right. Uh, you ask him what he said. He, you know, he jumped. He was on some a show. I could not watch it. It was just an unwatchable show. But he was on a TV show, a reality show. Did you know about this? Doing what? You should know this. It was called Real Life Swapped or some crazy thing. Somebody will know what it was. What? Swapped? Swat. Oh. I what did you think I said? Swapped. I thought it was like a swap uh, thing. It was... Um, it's some show that was, I I don't even know if it's still on, to be honest. I mean, it started, uh, I saw half an episode and I couldn't watch it. It's where, it's like, or maybe it's called basic training. They take these guys, a bunch of volunteers, and they're all kind of brand name people like Scaramucci and some other people. You know everybody's name. And then they take you on a, uh, like a mission to hell. They make you jump out of a plane. They make you beat a, uh, wrestle a crocodile. Oh they make you live on mud. They, I mean, it's just a horrible. It's like worse than anything imaginable, and it's so disgusting you don't want to watch it. Mm. So, so you should at least look into that so you can ask him about what he thought of it. Didn't Joe Rogan do a show that was like that? A horrible. Yeah, Joe Rogan was the host of uh, 
Fear factor. Oh, fear factor. Fear factor. Yeah. This is beyond oh. fear factor. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah, it's like fear factor on steroids. Oh, you know, you have to put a, a glass helmet on filled with tarantulas. It's like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, well, there's nothing. No, there's nothing like that. This is all like basic <laughs> training stuff. I mean, it's not, It's but it's like super dangerous looking and they make it seem dangerous. It could be bull crap. The whole thing could be a scam. I, that's what I'd like to know. Mm. I will find out. So going back to this uh, rant and this this craziness I had, this bone to pick up, I was talking, I, I was, I was, all these TikTok noobs, you know, everybody wants to be a millionaire, right? You know, want to be a millionaire, so freaking bad. You know, that whole song and all that. Now they want to be billionaires, of course. They they have no idea what this means, but it's it, this, this powerful, oh my God, I got to get rich overnight. I got to find a scam, a scheme <laughs> to, to, to get rich. And- they don't understand what it means to be wealthy. It's just like, I, I think they have this vision of a yacht. Uh, or They've never experienced any of this. They really don't even know. It's just like, oh my God, that looks like really good. I want, not that I want to do it. I want people to see me do it, to look up to me. That's what it's all about. Let me explain something from someone who works with lots of money all the time. I have very wealthy clients and... I'm going to tell you something that you need to understand. It takes work and then even more work. You can't just, you can't just make it. You need to keep it. You need to really massage it, understand it and respect your money. And a lot of, you know, these people want to just spend their money. You don't become a millionaire to spend your money and stay a millionaire. You're not going to be a millionaire. It doesn't for work long. that way. You know, and there's another little aspect of it all that people kind of ignore, which is maintenance. Right. Right. That's the scariest part of it. It's like, oh, I've just bought a $37 million house. Well, that house is going to maybe cost you $4 million to up for upkeep and the staffing it. And then someone has to manage the staff and then it gets a leak and, the, you know, and then uh, it's just a nightmare. Even a, even a half a million dollar house. A roof, yeah. a roof See, will cost any you. Any house. Any house. A yeah. small <laughs> house. Right, right, right. It's exactly. So the thing is that... The, the I think it, making it is not just seeing it on social media, right? It's a grind. And, and you got to do something special. It's hard work, which is not what people want. They want to sit home, no oversight, play on their phone, personal time. You know, they want to have the personal boundaries. Okay, I'm going to stop you right now. Yeah. Now, where does this grievance, uh, 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 where does this come from? It comes you? from all the things that I'm seeing with the incredible incompetence. You have to take less trips. Well, this is before the trip. This has been building for a while. I, I'll give you an example. So, it's a small example. Uh, my water bill. I talking about my water bill. Fifteen hundred dollars. My water bill comes in. They say, "Listen, what we want you to do is fill out these forms." They send me Doesn't the forms. It rain there a lot. It does. It's not raining right now, but I, I don't even know what's going on with fifteen hundred dollar bill. I can't figure it out because I just one month has passed to the day, and my water use is the same as normal as it's been, and I haven't done anything different, so I'm not sure what went on. But they sent these forms to me on the 24th of February to get a high water bill adjustment and checking the meter and all this stuff. I send the forms completed back on the 27th of February. Today, I write them, I'm like, look, my phone, my, 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 my water bill is due. Um, and by the way, I'm working with the top of the top here. I'm working with the city manager and the assistant city manager because we know some people here, okay? Sure. So this isn't like I'm working on, you know, I, okay, they're telling people, 
take care of Mr. Horowitz. Okay. <laughs> I get a note. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm being told that we have not received any of your documents. I'm like, look, very nicely. I wrote back an email. I said, you know, here is the confirmation that was received by this gentleman on the 27th of February. Oh, I said, but just to make it easier on your life, I'm going to send you the copies again. Because I keep things because I'm competent, right? I put them in a folder on my on my um, server drive. And I have stuff all backed up so in case that goes bad too. So I have redundancy because you know what? I do things the right way. Well, well And you also obviously anticipate incompetence. Oh, I do. <laughs> Every step of the way, okay? I sent it up. Like, oh, thank you so much. They processed it that day. They call me up. We would like to take you through the process of now paying your bill. The minimum that was required is $140 because we're going to get back money, but that's what they're allowing me to pay. I, incompetence. Just incompetence. My landscaper. He knows his weed's growing. He redoes all my flower beds. He puts down one very thin layer of this barrier. Weeds grow through like there's no barrier. I said, couldn't you put down like maybe some plastic and something else to keep it down? Uh, incompetence. And when it comes to the banking industry, when it comes to people right now, people don't care. They're not paying attention to the details. It's worse than the old clock watching. Remember the old clock watching at five o'clock? I'm out. It's worse than that. Because they're just watching their 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 phones. They're just watching what they want to do. They're not paying attention to what is the focus of what you're supposed to be doing. It's like texting and driving. You should be texting and working. I I'm a big advocate. Well, my advocacy goes back to shutting down the internet and leaving it Ooh. shuttered. Ooh. But that's, no one's going to, let's face it, that's never happening. Probably not. No, I'll give you, that's a, that's a probability it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but my thinking has always been, why do you have a personal phone at work? You shouldn't have one. You should have, you should check your phone in at the, at the door. Right. Now, I've seen the argument, well, how do I work if I don't have a phone? Well, I don't know. You're not issued you a phone. phones, there's work phones. Yeah. Landlines. Right. Well, some boss. PBX. Right, I know. Huh. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. But I think this is I think this is at the at the root of some of the problems when it comes to finances these days and all these breakdowns is because people are not paying attention. They're not looking further out that only it's about salivating over making some money, but doing the least work possible, not paying attention to details, and frankly, not having any math skills. In business, you need to have a couple of math skills. Or yeah, hire somebody. It's a real problem. It's a real problem. So, the well, Fed, the Fed now is 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 going to try to. By the way, uh, uh, look at all this. Um, when when you know well, they're going to have a huge investigation, mostly because yeah. of people like you complaining. Yeah, yeah. They're going to have a big investigation. I'm sure there's going to be calls to the Capitol. There's going to be Senate hearings, right? Congressional oversight hearings. Um. But this is all bad oversight. I mean, Moody's was going to downgrade it. And then if you know what's going on with, uh, uh, if you listen to No Agenda Thursdays and Sundays, they have a whole discussion of all this. But basically, this all started in a cascade and you got Peter Thiel involved in this. And you got all sorts of things that happened. Well, Peter Thiel, here's a, the thing that has, has not been discussed. Peter Thiel is the one who instigated the run on the bank that, that brought this bank down. I thought, personally, based on old laws that it was illegal to do that. I thought it was illegal to instigate a run on the bank. Maybe, but uh, 
yeah, that's what he did basically. I mean, he said, pull your money out, right? To all his clients, which is, you know, he's got all these investments and all these operations. He's got who knows how many companies. And he told all of them to get their bank, their money out because of some rumor or something he heard or I don't know. And there's the other thing was like the CEO of the bank, I guess, sold $5 million worth of shares. But that that was on a schedule. That's bull crap. So that doesn't mean anything. Uh, the whole thing was overdone. But it, Peter Thiel was, I, I, you know, I think he's a genius, but he, I blame him. Yeah. Well, uh now that you mentioned, the, the Fed is going to go do an investigation. They, they brought Michael Barr, supervisor. Michael Barr's coming in. But even though there was this epic lack of oversight, blinders as usual, just days before they're talking about stuff, they're like, you know, uh, we didn't see it. It wasn't evident. It's your freaking job. Seriously, right? It's your job. You know, if you're, if you're a smoke detector, your job is to detect smoke, right? And if there's smoke... And you don't detect it. It's like, I, we're going to do an investigation to figure out why that is. That's your only job. Your job is in the Fed is to oversee the financial stability and primarily with the banking sector. That's why there's all tests and things that go on and why they have so many people working there at the Fed. It's not just those 10 people that come out and talk that are working at the Fed. There's a whole army of people that work at the Fed. So the events around, quote, the events surrounding Silicon Valley Bank demand a thorough and transparent and swift review by the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell said. We need to have humility and conduct a careful and thorough review of how we supervised and regulated this firm and what we should learn from the experience, said Vice Chair Barr. This is, this is shoe bomber shoes being taken off after the fact. You got to take your shoes off after they found the shoe bomber. This is stupidity. Yeah. And what's going to happen? Would you like to? Would you like to give me a glimpse of what the result will be? Oh, probably some really lousy regulations that are just going to hurt the the economy. But who's going to take the blame? Will the Fed take the blame? Oh no, no. And how long will it take them to come out with this re this transparent, humi uh, 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 this what do they say? This thorough, transparent, and swift review. How long will that take? Swift. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would say 14 months. 14 months. Right. Right. And by then they would say there was nothing they could have seen. It was a one-off. But it they wasn't their fault. The it wasn't their fault. And they figured out a way got to Got blindsided. Yeah. And they got saved the day. Yep. Yep. Now, Moody's comes in today and cuts the entire banking sector to negative. Citing rapidly deteriorating... Operating environment. Where, where were? <laughs> well, that's a good one because where were they? You know, they another. The this is another. The cows out of the barn. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Shoe bomber. <laughs> a great analogy. It's again, same way. thing. The firm, part of the big three rating services, said it was making the move in light of three key failures that prompted regulators to step in Sunday with a dramatic rescue plan for depositors and other institutions impacted by the crisis. This is this is like. Uh, you know, telling you duck a minute after the bullet was fired. Like what, yeah, what, what good does that much. do us now? I don't, I don't understand how these companies get paid. I just, some of this stuff never, I never really understood how you go from negative, from stable to negative on the entire banking system. Now what happens from here? Is that it? I, I don't understand. Seriously, I don't understand.
What do you pay these guys for if they're not telling you there's a problem? Nobody wants to hear about it. Nobody wants to hear me fetching about this anymore either, I'm sure. No, and no one wants to hear about problems before they, you know, come to a head because it's always assumed. That'll work itself out. Don't worry about it. Or if you create, if you say there's going to be a problem before it happens, do you create the problem? If Moody's cut. Oh, there, there is that. There is an argument to be made. Yeah. Lots of comments on this. Jeffrey Gunlock, you know, all these guys get their got their points on. You know, everybody got in front of the TV, in front of the Twitter button and all that, right? Oh, all, yeah. All talking. All yap, 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 yap. Jeffrey Gunlock on CNBC says, there might be disinflation in the near term for new backdrop. This is a term they've been, this is cropped up on, yeah. um, on CNBC a lot. This disinflation, not deflation. Nope. Disinflation. Everybody's and I'm not even it. quite sure what it means. Have you ever heard of disinflation before, like three months ago? No, never heard of this word ever. <laughs> never I haven't heard about it three weeks ago. Yeah, it's like disinfectant. And I, uh, disinflation, <laughs> what does it mean, you know? Um, Wait we talk- until we get to misinflation. Oh, there you go. Got to find out all sorts of words that mean nothing. Well, we talked about this, you and I. We talked about what it really means. But there's a, the new backdrop for the Fed policy is inflationary, they said. So- uh, he's probably going to raise 25 base points. Former U.S. Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, who talks with a bit of, like, has something in his mouth all the time, he tells Bloomberg that there will be more financial aftershocks. Thank you, Larry Summers, for that very insightful piece of information. There'll be more financial aftershocks. Now, President Biden was no one, no, 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 shy, we're not shy in the cameras. He says that, um, Deposits at SIVB and SBNY, so Signature Bank and, and Silicon Valley Bank, um, are there and are safe. It says management of the banks will be fired. No losses will be borne by the taxpayer. Money will come from fees paid by FDIC, and investors and banks will not be protected. He's going to ask bank to strengthen bank regulation. So you got that. You know that's coming. Yeah. Any reason to... Have more regulation is good with the Demis. More regulation. Bill That's Ackman tweeted, like. our economy will not function effectively without our community and regional banks, regional banking system. Therefore, the FDIC needs to explicitly guarantee all deposit now. Hours matter, like Sunday night. You know that we're going to step in, so anything you say you can be right about. You know, this is all going to be good. It's all going to be back. I mean, everybody knew it was going to happen. They either found somebody to buy the bank or they were going to step in. So, And all the banks need to make sure that all these banks are protected. So it's it's it would cost J.P. Morgan less to buy this bank than to let it go through a bad process in the long run. Don't you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. So. Them and City, these other guys, they'll buy these banks up. Right. Really hard to find a good regional bank nowadays, even in California where we have – you know, a few, but not that many. Can I ask you a question? I, why I use one. Why I know you use one. Why with 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 where, what there is out there? Would you and with the reality of what just happened? Why would you go and use a regional bank? I don't understand. I think the service is better. You see, I don't uh, use the service. I just use the mobile stuff, and I use online. That's all I ever use. Everything. I think I don't think they rip you off so much. I know everybody at the bank first by first name. Uh, I get good service mm. and, uh, it's, it's just, I just prefer it. I've been working with this one bank 
for uh, oh, a long time, long, pretty long. I think when I was a kid, I think I'd, I'd probably been there 50 years. They probably hooked you on the lollipops they gave you when you went as a kid. That's what happened. <laughs> they have snicker bars. Uh, <laughs> it's just a bank I like. All right. Well, I I have never had a need. I, actually, if I could, I'd find a good credit union. I like them a lot. Yeah, I just don't have the need, I guess. I guess my business and my life is different. It, it, it's it's it does, that's not good or bad. It's just a, you know what it is. I, I operate differently. I, I don't need yeah, a you bank. You probably have an account with Wells. No, I got Bank of America. Oh, the worst. I've never had a problem, ever. Oh, my God. We hook in with our accounting systems. We just get it all done. We reconcile. When money comes in, goes out, it's very easy. Everything is all electronic. There's not, there's no, there's the five. Well, yeah, if you're, I suppose if you're at that level where everything's electronic, maybe you can get, get around the normal problems Bank of America customers have, which is phony fees. I haven't, I don't, I've never, I haven't had a fee in 15 I'm years. I'm just telling you, this, our experience was terrible. Oh. And this bank is, was once a California bank, and now it's, you know, North Carolina bank, wherever the Which hell was it? Located. What was the name in bank? What was it? was no, Well, it was NCNB that I was with, which was North Carolina National Bank. That's where it was to begin with. Barnett Bank. Uh, who else was it? What was it? What was it, what was the original? In, the original in, here it was Bank of America, but before that was Bank of Italy. It was Bank of Italy. Yeah. Really? I think so. Yeah. Wow. I think so. Yeah. That's pretty wild. All right, let's keep going on here. A thought exercise. Let's see. No, I did that already. We did that. Uh, okay, some things. Just to throw some numbers out at you. This is a cool table. So the KRE uh, banking ETF, the uh, regional bank, um, is down 20% month to date. 20. Well, it was up a little bit today, but 20%, give or take a couple of points, uh, month to date. Regional bank's terrible, right? Signature Bank dropped 23%. San Francisco-based First Republic dropped 15 Western Alliance dropped 21 Pack West dropped 38 That was Friday. That was Friday. Monday, look at these numbers. First Republic down 61%. Western Alliance down 46. PacWest 44. Metro Bank Holdings 43. Um, DX Daily Regional Banks. Oh, that was a bull. Forget that one. Um, First Republic Bank 35. That's interesting to look at, actually, though, that one. DPST. That's an interesting one if you want to play it in the game. That's a three-time bull on the regional banks. See that one? Yeah, that's nice. That's interesting. Uh, Comerica down 27%. Anyway, lots and lots and lots of bad stuff going on. Today was a decent reversal. We had anywhere from 10 to 30%. I think day traders, should, if they didn't clean up uh, on this dead cap bounce, uh, they should get out of the business. Yep. You could have bought some decent options. Uh, I personally bought an option on Schwab yesterday. I closed out, I think it was 89%. Uh, from yesterday at two o'clock yeah, to one this morning, day. 9.30. Yep. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. That was a crazy drop for them. So one of the big things that have happened is the, uh, look, take a look at this chart here. Let me put this in here. Uh, in this chart, see if it, yeah. You'll notice this is the yield on the 10-year treasury. We moved up in February all the way up to about 4%, a little bit over 4.07 for a couple of days there. And then all hell broke loose with the banks. We had the largest drop in percentage basis on the yield since, I think it was 1987. Went from 4% down to 3.4% at the low on the 10-year yield in a matter of, what, three days. That is yeah, extraordinary. That's a good yeah. 
up a bit today at 3.68%. Where's the plunge protection team? Maybe they came in and they call themselves FDIC or something. Something happened. One of the things that's happening is um, we've talked about options before, and this we we you and I have talked about how it, it's possible with certain option strategies that markets are moving in very interesting manners. Uh, we've seen two or three different major firms employ this concept of out of the money calls, and then buying the stock underneath, and you know having forcing a short squeeze. Well, there's been an explosion in trading of equity derivative securities that um, have, have uh, a lot of people in Wall Street and major clearinghouses looking to examine the potential risks. They're called zero-day expir- expiration options, zero DTEs, refers to contracts which, is, which expire in, in less than 24 hours. So that's pretty cheap. But I know, for example, uh, someone bought a five-day option for 10 cents. And it was on a New York Community Bank Corp. I think they bought it on Friday. It was expiring the following Friday, and they sold it on Monday for 80 cents. They paid, what, a dime for it? Yep. So they made 800%? Correct. In the weekend? <clears throat> Over the weekend, yeah. How much did they, how much of it did they buy? I don't know. I'm sure they didn't buy you a can't buy an infinite amount. Yeah, you probably bought, if you bought $10,000, you made 80,000 profit. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> right? Not too bad for it a weekend's work. Sense. Yeah. So uh, this could be uh, tied to the price of indices, exchange-traded funds, or single stocks. And some have warned that this type of option, which offers the opportunity, of course, for traders to amplify market bets, could cause an extreme sell-off. Because these options are tied to, you know, you have to hedge out the option when you, if you're the seller. So, something there. Uh, let me keep mm. going through a few more things. This this is a great story. I love this. Uh, WWE, you know, the World Wrestling uh, Federation, or uh, what is it? What's the E stand for? Entertainment. W- Entertainment. Yeah. Well, that's that's the point of the story. Um, I, I think Vince McMahon came back, didn't he? I don't know. I thought he quit. I think he came back. I mean, I want is Bruno San Martino still alive? No. God no. There's no way. Andre the Giant? No way. He died because he was he couldn't he, no, he's long dead. Lou Ferrigno's still alive, isn't he? Uh I don't know that. Who else was there? Who was the Well Hulk Hogan's still oh, around? Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the good the good the, the, my grand my great grandfather swore it was real. But oh, it, there's a bunch of people that think that. Yeah. So uh, WWE is in talks with state gambling regulators in Colorado and Michigan to yeah, legalize okay, betting. Yeah, okay, you're right. I heard this story. It's <laughs> unbelievably stupid. <laughs> they're, they're looking to legalize betting on high-profile matches. So they're working with the this – is, this, this, as soon as I read this, you're going to have a vision in your head. Everybody that's listening right now, when I'm about to read what I'm about to tell you, this, this part of the story, you're going to have a vision. Here we go. WWE is working with the accounting firm Ernst & Young to secure scripted matched results in hopes that it will convince regulators there will be no chance of results leaking to the public. Now, that not that what they do with the Academy Awards? I didn't know you could bet on the Academy Awards. Yeah, betting on the Academy Awards is already legal and available through most you know, this sports this is bets. out of control. <laughs> Let's t- stop right here. <laughs> they already say... 
I was there was a story that the amount of betting that's going to go on with the with the NCAA basketball tournament, which isn't even that interesting to that many people. I like it. It's fun. Uh, is is something in the it's like a trillion dollars or this is completely out of control. We have turned into a major betting that that's what's going on with the markets. That's the whole point of what's going on. It's no longer a financial endeavor. It's all betting. The story I just read you about zero day options. The story I'm talking about now about WWE. What we've talked about in the past about you know the the uh craziness with the levered Bitcoin and and things of that nature. It's all the same. We've turned into a motley group of just degenerate gamblers. Yes. And degenerate's always the word you put in front of gambler. Yeah, that's the only word. What else is there? Is, is, you, you don't have successful gambler. That doesn't happen. Is there such a word as that? Well, the funny thing is there are a few people that can make money. But they call those professional gamblers. Yes. Yeah, right. It's different than a degenerate gambler. Right. That's true. Professional, professional gamblers are a different animal. Yes. You're, you're a professional gambler. You you drink your tea with your finger up as you're shooting dice in the corner alley, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I find this to be really fascinating that if this is allowed, I mean, come on, seriously? You're, you're, you're scripting a fake event and then you can have gambling on it? it it's mind-boggling that they would allow something like this. This is classic degenerate gambler. Right, you're rigging. It's going to be rigged. This cannot, you can't, there's no you way. You can't not rig this. You can't not rig it? I mean, you can't not, I mean, it has to be rigged. It can't not be rigged. It's got to be rigged. The whole thing's rigged. It's, from start to finish, it's rigged. So in other words, there'd be people betting, they already know the answer. They'd be betting in advance into big gambling pools and they'd be making you can make a lot of money on the in the back end on this deal this is this reminds me of the early it, days with bugsy siegel and all these guys that bet on stuff and they always want to you know the movies they always want to screw somebody so they get the guy to take a dive in the wrong place and somebody gets screwed and then a lot of murder happens but you know somebody's yeah. th that's the kind of thing that happens with this Terrible. yeah yeah hey i thought this guy's supposed to win yeah what happened you told me you swore to me but this is all all sports betting and everything, especially these prop bets. These are the ones that are dangerous. And prop bets are like, uh, and everybody's involved in this. I mean, I'm definitely, have, I always tell people don't bet on sports. But uh, prop betting is where you bet on, will this guy catch the ball five times in this game? Yeah, or, or, this, or how long will the national anthem be, be sung? They don't have, that's not necessarily a prop bet, but that could be. Yeah. Uh, but all these, and so if you're a player and you tell you, and you see that you're, you, you, you have a prop bet on you. That is that you're going to catch the ball five times in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you tell your wife that you're not going to catch the ball five times, no matter what happens, you're going to catch it four times. And every other time will either be a drop or I will, I'll just put myself in a position where he's not going to throw it to me or it's going to be intercepted. I don't care. Put five million dollars on this bet yep. and the wife or somebody goes and does the five minute and the player just drops the ball in the yeah. fifth time cramp 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 i got a cramp you know or gets a cramp or gets injured <laughs> oh i'm out oh i got a charlie horse i'm out of, i'm out for the rest of the game and go you go limping off the field this is this is no good terrible it's terrible i agree but somehow i believe it's going to get passed 
I would actually take the uh, the other bet. Yeah, I, <laughs> Talking about betting, I, I would hope. I, I would hope that there's it's not. no way. I would hope it's not. I don't. Speaking of things that don't get passed, uh, JetBlue, the Justice Department on Tuesday sued to block JetBlue Airways three point eight billion dollar uh, proposed takeover a budget carrier Spirit, which I did fly this week, by the way. Um, oh yeah, how was it? It's fine. I sat. I sat in. You know, the, I don't understand what this. Why they? This is a small deal. Three point eight billion. What's the point of blocking it? They, there's all kinds of stuff that are huge deals they don't block. I think there's going to be a, a significant uh, reduction in overall uh, uh, planes <clears throat> in this deal. I'm not sure what they're going to do with them, but I think they were going to uh, close down a lot of routes. I don't know why they would do so, but I, I, that's what I understood. So they said it was going to eliminate the unique comp uh, competition that Spirit provides. Ultra low-cost airline seats in the industry. Which it is. You pay for everything. You know, like, I want this seat over here. You want the left side is $3. You want the right side is $4. You want to sit over here. You want to be first boarding. What do you want to be? It's all extra, 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 extra. I also flew Copa Airlines. Copa? Yep. To Panama. P Panamanian Airline. Oh, they actually have an airline. Mm -hmm. So I sat the first, now I'll say the first 10 rows. There's no first class, but the first 10 rows, the seats are a little bit wider. They have TVs and things yeah. of that nature. Would, this is the way the Russians do it. Yeah, and then everything, everybody behind is just, you know, second class. Very comfortable, though. Very nice. Uh, yelling on climate. Climate uh, change is already having a major economic and financial impact in the United States. It may trigger asset value losses in coming years that could cause cascading effects through the U.S. financial system. That's what Janet Yellen said. Oh, yeah? We get, what's the example? We had some rain here. It's flooded I, in California. I don't understand it. I mean, if, if she's talking about that somehow she's predicting major weather events, but other than that, I don't understand what she's talking about. Droughts? But that's a weather event. I, I don't understand. You know, how are you going to... So what's the point? So what do you do? So she told a new advisory board of academics, private sector experts, and nonprofits, which right there is not good, that there so has been she a, is so she's a climatologist all of a sudden. She is, yes. As a matter of fact, oh, you didn't know that? No. Oh, yes, 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 yes. A lot of hats that they wear at the Treasury. See, she was head of, uh, she was the, the 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 chair of the Fed, right? So she said. Th then then she goes over and she's chair she's Treasury. She's the head of Treasury. So next she'll be, uh, you know, some kind of a, a economist, uh, think tank probably, been paid a lot of money. Oh, yeah, think tank for sure. Yeah, definitely going to think tank. So she told this uh, board that there's been a five-fold increase in the annual number of, in the annual, in the annual number of billion-dollar disasters over the past five years compared to the 1980s, even after taking into account inflation. So while at the Treasury or at the, as as a as a the head of the Fed, which they can't seem to predict a bank meltdown two days out, they're now predicting climate changes decades out. Yeah, yeah, that's a good trick, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, this is like the uh, this is stupid, stupid, stupid. We we all follow along. Yeah, you can. Oh yeah, oh my god, this old salesman's trick <sighs> that they use in wine stores. What is that? Yeah, you tasted the wine. It tastes like crap. Don't worry about it. Let it age. Ah. Ten years from now, it's going to be dynamite. Yeah, it's going to be big, big and of money. Of course, too. the guy is going to be, the store will be gone in ten years. You won't be able to bring it back. <laughs> 
When you look at ESG, the Senate last Wednesday passed a bill to overturn a Labor Department rule that permits retirement fund managers to weigh climate change and other factors when making investment decisions on behalf of retirement plan participants. They're going to whack that. But Biden vows to veto it. <laughs> so uh, it seems that we're getting fat, more fat, 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 fat. More than half the world's population will be overweight or obese by 2035 without significant action. Have you ever noticed all these polls over the years have always been like 2015, 20? It's always on the fives. You always have these polls. It's the fives. It's just something about it. It's like the scams are always 15%. The polls are, you know, these major things out in the future are always like 2025, 2045. So without significant action, according to a new report that the World Obesity Federation's 2023 Atlas predicts that fit. So their job, by the way, the World Obesity Federation. No. What? what what are they doing? They're what not. Is, where do you get these stories? What do you mean? They're popular. I, I leave. I, I leave. I read Obesity Magazine. The World I Obesity read, Federation yes. press release. I read Obesity and Skinny Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're predicting that 51 percent of the world, or more than four billion people, will be obese or overweight within the next 12 years. And 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 which is interesting. The rate of obesity is rising particularly quickly among children in lower income countries, which. Uh, I guess it's bad, but, you know, we went from starving to overweight now. So, and I have one more thing that I'd like to talk to you about. You're you're a fan of Baskin-Robbins. You like Carvel, Baskin-Robbins? Do you know what Carvel is out there? Yeah, I, I know, but it's not a, not out here. You know who Tom Carvel was, right? I've had Carvel, yeah. Tom Carvel, when I was a kid, we would always want to get the Carvel pie for our birthday. And one of them he had was... Fudgy the Whale. Tom Carvel here with Fudgy the Whale. That's how we talked on TV. Get yourself for your party. We'll deliver. Fudgy the Whale or Cookie Puss. And he'd have this strange noise. It would be like, Cookie Puss. It would be his voice like heliumed. And he always had that grumble. Tom Carvel here. And uh, we'd always want that. Yeah, I want a Carvel. I want a Cookie Puss. Mommy, give me a Cookie Puss for my birthday. Um, maybe I'll have one this year. Anyway, we you also have Baskin Robbins, right? With their, what, 31 flavors? 30-something flavors, 30 -something yeah. flavors. They have a they have a a uh, 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 a flavor of the month at Baskin Robbins. You're well, you're aware. Yeah, of that. they do. You know what this month is coming up is? No, chicken and waffles. No, it's funny. They're taking on a deconstructed brunch classic. The dessert is made with buttermilk waffle flavored ice cream, and crispy chicken and waffle bits sprinkled in with swift swifts with what? Oh, swirls of bourbon maple syrup. Hmm. The ice cream doesn't actually come with bits of chicken. The company explains the crumb paternity bits are only made with a flavoring to mimic the taste of fried chicken. Okay. Well-rounded show today, I think. Boy, that's for sure. You're way over here and you're over there. I ate well, drank well. This whole- yeah, you're ready uh, to rock. Ready to rock. I went through multiple time changes. We went, we're in the same time zone the whole time till we get to Aruba. We have to move the clocks. Then that night I'm flying home. I got to move the clocks again. Then that night over two o'clock, I had to move the clocks again. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if I'm pitching or catching here. I don't know what's going on. Crazy. There's a game so that we what, play. It's not a point of your ice cream story. You know, I've, I don't like Baskin Robbins that much. No, they're, I think they're acceptable. No, they're okay, but it's a little sweet. Very sweet. Very sweet. I used to like the Rocky Road and their rum raisin. Mm. No. 
We have a bunch of boutique operations in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area that are, you know, one-offs that make really dynamite ice creams. And then you can make your own ice cream at home if you want to have fun. Mm-hmm. We got to take a look at the stocks because they're looking kind of interesting. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discuss in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Lots of stuff kicked off. Yeah, that's good. It cleared out this. this a lot of the stuff is just kind of, I don't know why it got kicked off. I mean, Ford probably had to go Southwest. Netflix got kicked off. That, no, uh, what, what? What? Wait a minute. That's what it, I thought the Netflix short was still on. Well, Netflix looks good. I think it's still the short, on. Think, it's a I think short. It's still, it's, I think it's still on. Well, it's in. It's I'm going un- 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 unyellowing it. Uh, clear channel outdoor. I don't understand why that, that's probably still a good idea. Uh, I'm not going to go back to it though. And every, all the older stuff, the stuff from, uh, January is still up. The defense stock's uh, still up 19%. The home, all my shorts are working. Every one of my shorts, I think are mine besides one. You have, oh, now I got to pronounce it. Nof- I have Aries management shorted. And you got Norfolk Southern. Oh, I do. Right. Yes, and that's way up. Yep, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got two shorts, both up. Yep. So the shorts are good. Mm-hmm. Um, you have three shorts and one, two. Two of them are up, and one of them is the one that was questionable, the Netflix. And I got the Sark uh, short, which is short Kathy, Kathy, uh, Kathy, what the hell, Wood. But oh, yeah, that's you, the inverse. Kathy Wood, that's you're short Kathy Wood. Yep. So it was down another 2% today. Okay, so uh, it's a good-looking bunch of stocks. I have two. You could put two on there. I'm going to put two on. Okay, go ahead. Okay, one I'm going to put a bank on, too. I'm going to put on uh, Pac West. Oh, P, what is that, P-A-W? P-A-C-W. P-A-C-W. Yeah, that one was, that one, West. That one, that one was something. Yeah, and I think it's got, I think it's got, I think it's got legs, even though it's way up. It's up 33%. Yeah, it was up 60% you know. earlier or something today. So. Yes, yeah, 60%. And I'm buying it. Isn't that fine? It's like, yeah. a, what kind of an idiot is this guy? I got one of those too. <laughs> so, um, But, geez. you know, if it was, you know, it's like uh, it, it stock can fall from 100 to $1 and be a good short. Yeah, yeah. It's got a 50 cents. You made 50%. Yeah. And then take that. Yeah, then take a genius. And then I have one other one here. Where is it? I got to go back and look around. Uh, it's a, yeah. Okay. Hold on a second. We call this bank, bank bounce. Yeah. Dead cat. I like the old dead cat theory. Got it. This one is, uh, summit. What is the symbol? S M M T summit therapeutics. Penny stock is a buck 74. Uh, it's being bought by <laughs> Robert Dugan has bought like $400 million worth. Wow. Yeah. I think he's a director or, or the CEO and the, another CEO. Let me look at these guys. I'll tell you who they are. 
Uh, Oops. Yeah. Sorry. Insiders. The stock has... I looked into this company, too. It it was... uh, Dugan is a CEO. Okay, so the CEO just bought everything. And then his the, the buddy his buddy who bought it this guy can't even pronounce his name but he's a director I think he is uh oh actually he's the he, he was the president so you got your president and your C and he was the former COO so these guys are are jumping into this thing so I gotta say you know and it's a buck seventy four uh, I will say this guy this this Mackie guy who bought a bunch of it he bought it. He's not trading though. I mean, the other the, the CEO guy looks like he trades. This guy bought a bunch at five bucks and it didn't do him any good. And so he bought then it dropped to ninety seven cents and he bought a bunch and he bought a bunch more. Then it said a buck oh five and he bought a bunch. And he bought a bunch. But he's not trading, so he's not I'm not seeing him sell high, buy low. He's just buying. Right. So, but you know, you don't do that if you don't know something. Mm-hmm. Well, I got two. Uh, I struggled with these. They're all banks. Uh, two of them banks. Charles Schwab and Company. Down like 37% over the last number of days. It's trading yeah, this, do, 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 When we play this game, do we always, do we play it where you're just loading up on one sector? Not usually, but that sector got smoked. <laughs> yeah, it did. It's easy. Okay, it'll it'll be good. It'll be green. So the other one was First Republic Bank. That was up uh, 26% today. I I was tempted to short this. Yeah, First Republic is a sketchier product than know, even Pacific West. No, I, I just, I just, it's. I but feel, you, but I feel, I, you know I, what? I'll do this. I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna short. Okay. I'm no, gonna... don't do it. You'll be making a mistake. <sighs> they all go up together. They're all on. You know, I don't think it's gonna go up as much as Pacific West, but I, I, that'd be an interesting comparison. I'm gonna put a twenty percent on this. And you're gonna short it? No, I, I, if I short, I want uh, it could be twenty, twenty-five percent. But I'll just go long it. We'll see what happens. I mean, there's going to be a few days of this, then I think the whole thing's going to roll over again. I, I think a lot of these banks have a lot more problems embedded. Well, on the list of banks with problems, PacWest is less so than First Republic. That's why I was going to short it, but you just convinced me out of it, so that's fine. Well, I did talk you out of it, but you can throw it in my face when Talked the thing uh, out tanks. of <laughs> short. I got it on the notes. Flyer, 20%. I'll do this. 20%. Here, talked out of short. There we go. Got it. All right. Very good. All right. Thank you for letting me uh, purge all my vent. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go make yourself some uh, miso soup. Yeah, I'll see you next week. Talk to you Tuesday. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, because I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the icy stare. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business 
in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.